Grand Canyon University's RN to BSN online degree program makes earning your bachelor's in nursing possible. Balance online coursework with local in-person clinicals to position yourself for potential leadership opportunities in the time you have from wherever you are. Leaving room for what matters. Achieve your goals with your personalized plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. From UFOs to ghosts and government cover-ups, history is riddled with unexplained events. You can turn back now or learn the stuff they don't want you to know. Hello and welcome to Stuff They Don't Want You to Know. I'm Ben Bolin. And I'm Matt Frederick. And today we are going to talk about a series that we did. Wow, this is a deep cut, huh, Matt? Yeah, at least the original, the the original episodes were rather deep. And that original series was called The Deceptive Brain, or rather present tense is called The Deceptive Brain because you can still see it on YouTube right now. This was a three-part series wherein you and I explored the effects that chemicals have on the brain and, most importantly, the effects that naturally occurring neurochemicals have on the brain, right? Yeah, exactly. And the ways in which those chemicals kind of trick the brain. It's weird. It tricks itself by releasing chemicals. Mm -hmm. Because when we think about uh, when we say your brain is tricking you, it's really tricking itself. And I thought that was one of the more fascinating things. Because what are we besides our brains, at least the thoughts that we have? Yeah, and this was funny to us because... You know, sometimes it can be a little bit challenging when we're making an episode to have it always end with something someone doesn't want someone else to know. And this was a little bit different for us because it was your brain, quote unquote, your brain didn't want you to know exactly how it was deceiving or lying to you. But we did see some really interesting stuff. We did a, um, we did one episode on love. We did. Yeah, we did one episode on hate. 
I, I actually, I wanted to go all the way back and do some of the first stuff we talked about with Deceptive Brain. That was some of my favorite. Okay. Yeah. Like what? I learned a lot of things. I'm just going to go off the cuff here. I, one of my favorite things I learned in the earlier episodes was the trick with the warm uh, cup or a warm beverage in your hand when you speak with someone and how it can affect the way you feel about that person or at least your takeaway feelings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a, that was a very interesting series of studies. Like I can't remember exactly which university it comes out of, but I think it's in our episode there. And this is where, uh, this, this comes into play where if you're, if you and I are talking and like I have coffee right now. Let's see how warm nice. it is. I have coffee right now. It's cold though. So oh. watch out. You're on thin ice, my okay. friend, because if somebody is holding a hot drink, these studies found that they are more likely for some almost it sounds ridiculous, but they are more likely to regard a person that's speaking to them as nicer. They're, they tend to be a little more empathetic, maybe. But then when they have a cold drink, they tend to that effect is reduced and they tend to be more objective. That was interesting to me. And that's something it's um it's similar to what's called priming, right? Psychologically, mm-hmm. subtly uh, framing a situation such that a person's brain kind of leads them to a predetermined decision point of some sort. And another thing, this is a funny trick and this, I I really want people to try this, Matt, anybody who has an office job. Mm -hmm. If you have a dog, get a picture of your dog, just your dog. You can be in the picture. It doesn't matter if you are, uh, just get a picture of your dog and put it on your desk and see if people begin to treat you differently. If you have a cat, don't put a picture of your cat up there because I think this only works with dogs. But there was that another, sucks. yeah, right. There was another study that found that people who had a photograph of a dog on their desk were more likely to be perceived as team players or supportive people. Wow. Yeah, but not not so with cats, my friend. And uh, also, you know, if you want to be a little unethical, uh, it doesn't have to necessarily be your dog. <laughs> oh, just find a funny picture of a dog. That could be an awkward conversation. Oh, do you have a dog? No, no. It's, I like this picture because I'm a team player. Or you could just come up with some elaborate story about that dog and how you used to have it and it went and, you know, lives in a farm now. Yeah, there's no way that an elaborate lie will ever go wrong. <laughs> no, especially in an office environment. So another thing we talked about, Ben, was sleep, how you can hack your sleep and kind of change your brain and the way it works by uh, breaking up your waking and sleeping hours. I think it's called polyphasic sleep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, polyphasic sleep, the sustainability and efficacy of which has been a subject of intense debate. People who are familiar with this might see on the Internet uh, what's what was called, I think, the Uberman sleep schedule, mm-hmm. which I never achieved. But I got I the closest I got was to close closest I got was probably let's see, I did two four hour chunks for a while. And then I divided into, um, of waking or sleeping for our sleeping. Time. Okay. And, and some people have even argued later on that that is a more natural way of human rest cycles, but I don't know. I can't think of that book. There was a book that came out not long ago that talked about that, how men and women would sleep for four hours, wake up, sometimes engage in, <laughs> let's say, Witchcraft. Oh, did I guess wrong? <laughs> and then sleep for another four hours. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. And, um, you know, I was experimenting with that stuff before, before this, uh, this book came out 
or before I was aware of it, the Uberman sleep schedule, however, I don't know if anyone who's listening has ever successfully done it. I'd love to hear about it because it's a, it's pretty much a series of 20 minute naps and you're supposed to, the reasoning goes, somehow train your brain to just fall right into REM sleep and then wake, wake up immediately refreshed. But of course the problem is in theory, if that works, then you can't not, you cannot miss a nap by a moment. And then also I imagine that the other, the other phases of sleep are in their own way equally important. So why would you want to cut it out? A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabrielle Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Colin Bridgerton has returned from his travels abroad. Is betrothal written in the stars for the eligible bachelor? Meanwhile, the ton is reverberating with speculation of who holds Lady Whistledown's pen. We're discussing it all. I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more to offer an exclusive peek behind the scenes of each episode of the new season. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you ready to fight back against crime? Hi, guys. Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies, personally investigating, prosecuting, and covering literally thousands of cases. It's so easy to think it will never happen to me or my family, but that is simply not true. Every day on Crime Stories with Nancy Grace, we shine a light on unsolved homicides, heat up cold cases, and help find missing people, especially children. We speak with family members, investigators, CSI, reporters, and experts in every field. Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.
I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series, Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halpert. It's just a shame, you know, that they took him from us. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, knocking on doors, uncovering new evidence, including the DNA of a potential killer. Uh, my name is Danny Smith. I'm a detective uh, with the Miramar Police Department. This is Scott Weinberger. We're actually reopening an old case, and your name came up. Untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one murder, but almost a dozen. I thought they were going to kill me, so I kept my mouth shut, and I didn't say anything. All these years, I didn't say anything. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Well, because you want to get you want to get to that REM cycle so that you can control your dream, right? Because that's where lucid dreaming comes in. And if mm-hmm. you can control when you dream, when you dream and how you dream, then essentially you're not sleeping. You're, you're cognitive at all times. Yeah. Which I, I wonder, you know, sleep. I always thought sleep sounded like such a strange, hilarious thing. We've talked about it off air. You know, I kind of resent the fact that people have to sleep and um more so than many other animals but one thing that gets me about this this concept is if you just described it to someone who wasn't familiar with the idea of sleep it sounds crazy you would say you know like you would say oh guys i want to hang out but it's about that time i've uh i've been moving around for a while so now i'm going to lie down lose consciousness and just sort of hallucinate for a few hours you know and uh but I'll, I will I will see you after that. That's so weird. Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. That's very strange because you're so vulnerable uh, when you're sleeping. You're again, you're not active. You're not achieving anything. Mm-hmm. I guess that's why lucid dreaming is uh, it's so it's looked at as such a, a an important thing for to some people. Yeah. And uh the nature of dreams themselves, that's sort of a that's already a very a very weird thing just in, in terms of both the, in, in terms of both the content and the, uh, and the physical event, uh, it's possible that, you know, maybe some people might object to this statement, but maybe the brain is deceiving people most immediately in dreams, right? But there are other ways they do it in waking life. Mm-hmm. And, um, what was interesting to us, I think both of us about this episode was being able to, uh, see exactly what these effects were and the chemicals that have been traced uh, to the root cause. So it's not it's not just one rebellious scientist saying this might happen. There are a bunch of other people that have also researched this peer reviewed studies that have you know pointed out that feelings of love, for instance, trace back to dopamine, norepinephrine, and Ooh, phenylethylamine, phenylethylamine. But those, those things are linked to a euphoria and addiction, right? So, um, it is possible to get addicted to that feeling. Yeah, your brain's excretions. Mm-hmm. That's With, fun. What are some things that really surprised you about the deceptive brain map? Uh, I was surprised that there are techniques and technologies that are being, uh, created and devised that will be able to Hack the brain. I thought that was super cool. The uh, transcranial, what is it? Transcranial. Transcranial direct current simulation. That's exactly right. 
man, that, that's pretty cool. Yeah. So we've, uh, we've probably talked about this ad nauseum for people who are into this, um, or I've heard the show before, but I am sold on transcranial direct current simulation. So what is this? This is the practice of putting a small amount of electricity through very specific parts of the brain and through that creating lasting effects on the way your brain works. So this isn't some made up Frankenstein sci-fi stuff. It's being used by DARPA to train uh, snipers. It's being used by the Air Force to reduce uh, pilot training time. Uh, the, the idea here is that by putting this electricity through a person's brain, and of course, you know, just like in real estate, when you're zapping your brain, it's location, location, location. And depending mm-hmm. on the location you pick, then you can see an increase in uh, memory retention. You can see an increase in the learning curve. And I think there are some kinetic things that people can do, like your hand-eye coordination increases possibly. The weirdest thing, though, is that after exposing somebody's brain to these things on a regular scale, the changes stay. It doesn't just happen while someone's there. It's, I have to remember to put this part at the beginning, great athletes, great chess players, uh, great experts of various endeavors always have that moment where they describe describe it as being in the zone. We hear that with athletes, right? Well, transcranial direct current simulation and uh, a related thing, um, transcranial magnetic simulation can recreate that feeling of being in the zone. And not even just the feeling, they can recreate the way the brain works when one is in, quote unquote, the zone. Do you get in the zone when you write sometimes? A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabrielle Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Colin Bridgerton has returned from his travels abroad. Is betrothal written in the stars for the eligible bachelor? Meanwhile, the ton is reverberating with speculation of who holds Lady Whistledown's pen. We're discussing it all. I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more to offer an exclusive peek behind the scenes of each episode of the new season. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then... Fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. 
join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. <gasps> what? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you ready to fight back against crime? Hi guys, Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies, personally investigating, prosecuting, and covering literally thousands of cases. It's so easy to think it will never happen to me or my family, but that is simply not true. Every day on Crime Stories with Nancy Grace, we shine a light on unsolved homicides, heat up cold cases, and help find missing people, especially children. We speak with family members, investigators, CSI, reporters, and experts in every field. Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series, Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halpern. It's just a shame, you know, that they took him from us. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way. Knocking on doors, uncovering new evidence, including the DNA of a potential killer. Uh, my name is Danny Smith. I'm a detective uh, with Miramar Police Department. This is Scott Weinberger. We're actually reopening an old case, and your name came up. Untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one murder, but almost a dozen. I thought they were going to kill me, so I kept my mouth shut and I didn't say anything. All these years, I didn't say anything. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I mean, that's a really good question. I think for me it's, yeah, sometimes it does occur, and, and it might be irrespective of what I'm what I'm working on, but I find it most often in fiction because you're just making it up, and then all of a sudden you see it, and you nice. go, oh. But then if you're, you're reviewing sources and stuff um and you want to make sure that you're actually telling people the truth um then you can still get in the zone but yeah you know, it, it happens not- to me on a weekly basis here if i put on the right music mm-hmm. or if i'm if i've got enough white noise in the background sometimes i'll just start seeing the episode unfold before i'm putting any images down yeah i yeah i like doing that that's trippy that's pretty cool so we should also talk about this music because it's true, isn't it? That you found some specific uh, types of auditory or audio uh, simulations. Yeah, correct? it's true. I've got a couple different ones. I've got a certain playlist on my iTunes. It's just instrumental music, just music that, that flows and it doesn't have even the beat isn't that intense. Mm-hmm. Uh, just put your uh, people would say it puts your brain in a certain alpha waves or whatever. Uh, I, I have no idea. <laughs> but but it really does get you in the place where you can focus on what's directly in front of you. It it eliminates distractions around mm-hmm. you because we we sit in an office together. All of the editors here. We literally have a glass office 
is it is glass on three sides. That's true. And and we we sit in that office and we're all editing with our headphones on and clacking away on our keyboards and it gets a little loud and and you know we have to constantly share with each other. So you need something to you have to hack your brain in a way mm-hmm. to focus. You have to kind of recreate what would be a physical distance. Exactly. And uh now it's time before you go out we have to talk about hate which was a very interesting episode for us because we found that studies have shown there is a hate circuit in the brain and it connects three regions of the brain there you know there's like a love circuit and of course love evolutionarily speaking makes sense right yeah you got to reproduce man just thank god we're not praying mantis style you know yeah that's a rough deal for the dudes but hate it turns out also has um, an evolutionary advantage. Like there's there's a reason that hate exists in the great human mosaic or tapestry or whatever, you know, big, big thing, the great mm-hmm. human thing. It's, and, it's uh, about survival, right? And mm-hmm. All of these things that we're learning about with the brain and how it's working for you and against you, it's about survival. Sometimes because our conscious thought requires it, requires the brain to take over itself. Yes. In a weird way. <laughs> Yeah, and the, um, and hate and love are, you know, it's, it's kind of been a cliche for a long time that hate and love are two sides of the same coin and all that stuff, all that jazz, all that smooth jazz. But the, um, the truth is that there is some physiological basis to that comparison. There's a brain region called the putamen, which was so fun to say, P-U-T-A-M-E-N. And this is part of the hate circuit and it's also associated with love. So maybe they're not that different. And the professor who found some of these studies um, noted that viewing a loved or hated person could be equally distressing and that the insula also is involved in responding to distressing <laughs> situations. And I guess I could see that because, you know, who hasn't been embarrassed in front of a crush? I hope that not everybody has seen someone and immediately wanted them to die, but it happens. Mm-hmm. I'm, I feel very lucky because I can't specifically recall any moment where I looked at someone and thought, you should die. Well, I wonder how much that circuit is trained by, let's say, influence from parental figures or societal uh, figures. Right. And yeah. I wonder I wonder if it's strengthened or if it's dulled in certain people. You know, we ran into something similar with uh, one of our other shows here at How Stuff Works, the, uh, at Car Stuff. We looked at neuroplasticity with this thing called the knowledge. And you and I talked about the knowledge, right? You yeah, it's fantastic. The, the London taxi drivers, the test yeah. they have to take. Yes, exactly. It's a, it's a beast of a test because you have to memorize not only pretty much all the streets of London, but you also have to memorize specific routes and you have to know alternatives to those routes. And a lot of people, I think the vast majority fail the first time they take the knowledge and I mean, it's already a pretty intimidating test. It's called the knowledge. Yeah. And, uh, they study, um, intensely to pass this test. And when they finally do pass this test, uh, they become London cabbies and live happily ever after. Yeah. I'm sure that's how it goes every time. <laughs> I'm sure that's how it goes every single time. That's not even a generalization ever. But what, what happened is some of the research conducted found that these cab drivers after decades of service, it's so not right out of the jump, but after decades, they had larger 
areas of the brain associated with memory and um, 3D space navigation, you know. So, so it's possible that there is real life mind over matter. Your thoughts, the things that you try to think about um, and the things to which you apply your consciousness can have a physical effect on the makeup of your brain. They also found, um, they being scientists, uh, also not the drivers, uh, also found that there was a similar effect in some, I believe they were Buddhist monks who had spent decades meditating on compassion and kindness. And uh, they had a larger part of the brain associated with, you know, like empathy and kindness and mirror neurons and stuff like that. And so it's strange because when to respond to that point about hate kind of makes me think, yeah, is it possible that you could train somebody in the opposite direction? I think mostly just I'm I'm interested in in where we can go with this and it makes me want to meditate more and mm-hmm. read more and study the maps of Atlanta more and possibly <laughs> increase the size of my brain all over. And uh for a literary reference, the idea of training people to hate makes me think of Goldstein and the 2 minute hate in 1984. And um maybe it is possible to kind of ritualize that. Uh we do also know that it is a tale as old as time, to take the line from Beauty and the Beast, that groups of people do tend to concentrate hate towards some other outside entity. Defining mm-hmm. something as not us gives a more cohesive identity to a, a community or group of people. It's especially helpful if you have an overseer or uh, a government and or mm-hmm. someone above you telling you that that's what you should hate. Yes, yes. And we're not saying that that is uh what we would do if we were ever in charge of something. But I think we'd be okay at being in charge of stuff. All right. Well, we better get out of here and work on our meditation before that, that stuff all comes into play. Um Let's see. Let's tell people about our Facebook. Hey, guys, if you like this and you want to find out more, we've got a playlist on our YouTube page. That's YouTube.com slash Conspiracy Stuff, and it's the Deceptive Brain series. You can talk to us on Twitter. We're at Conspiracy Stuff, and you can also find us on Facebook. We're also Conspiracy Stuff there. Or you can send us an email directly if you want to skip the whole social media kerfuffle. We are conspiracy at discovery.com. For more on this topic and other unexplained phenomena, visit testtube.com slash conspiracy stuff. You can also get in touch on Twitter at the handle at conspiracy stuff. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. 
Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hi, guys. Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies. Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.